start your engines. That was the first thing that came to my mind. That's so fucking cheesy, but it's yeah. so apropos for what we're about to talk about. Yeah, you sent me a link earlier today um, in regards to Dodge and uh, some interesting things with uh, going electric, um, but rumors of staying with a combustion engine on a particular vehicle. And I, I think this is kind of fun to dive into and uh, we could kind of expand on this. So, so what you got? So apparently they're going to bring a next gen charger and challenger back. Um, now I don't know what this, I don't know. I, I've seen pictures online. I don't know how accurate these mock-ups are, but Dodge has confirmed that they're going to have new engines with a Hurricane inline six. They've got those, and then they've got this other uh, twin turbo inline six that they're talking about called a Hurricane. Yeah, it was really cool. I was reading uh, the article you sent was initially off of uh, motor1.com, and then I, I kind of clicked around through some others, um, Truth About Cars, Auto Evolution, some of these that you come up with. Just you know, searching this topic, and uh, I tell you what, it's really cool because the thing that makes it really cool is that we all thought like these were dead and they were going to be basically rebranded into just straight EVs, um, you know, or basically discontinued, and then you would see these in maybe some not maybe not a rebrand, but like in the next iteration would be an EV, you know, and then this 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 sounds a bit more promising, honestly. Right. And I guess the I guess the one the engines with the and this is borderline blasphemy, but I guess the engines with the turbo built into the uh, pistons is going to be a four cylinder, and it's still going to make I think almost four hundred horsepower. That's insane. That then, is insane. So this the straight <clears throat> six with the twin turbo is going to be five hundred and twenty five horsepower. That is, dude. Like, think about that. Like, how crazy is that? Right. I mean, I, I'm tr trust me. I'm not a, a four cylinder fan, but I, I recognize the fact that you know it is more fuel efficient, and with the way that technology has been going, you can get a very strong fuel efficient four cylinder engine. And Dodge has done pretty good stuff with them so far, you know. Well, think about what you just said. 400 horse. Right. That, that, that's like unheard of. The four cylinders in our in our day, uh, I mean, they were pushing less than 100. My my uh, 1989 Dodge Daytona, 2.2 liter inline four, 92 horsepower. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And that was a small little hatch. You're talking now... A full-size Dodge Charger, you know, you're not talking about some little, you know, a little tiny crossover or a little compact car with a CVT. You're talking a fully-fledged, you know, I don't want to call, I can't call a four-cylinder, I struggle to call a, a six-cylinder a muscle car. Right. But essentially what you've got is a four-cylinder engine outpacing what a lot of these cars back in the 70, 60s and 70s in their muscle car heyday had. Yeah, and, and if you recall, and, and, and just think about this for a second. I had to look it up because I couldn't remember the year. I, I knew it was a while ago, but I didn't realize it was this long ago. The 2011 Mustang V6 hit 305 horsepower 
and think about it in the terms of how we saw things then because of growing up in the times of what you just explained the vehicles that we had or seen or at least were exposed to you weren't really touching that anywhere near without having a v8 right you know and so that was groundbreaking then so now you've gone from 2011 ford 305 horse to now you're talking what a 24 model basically uh may not be that soon because they are making a big deal out of the whole last call okay Okay, so so maybe beyond five or twenty six, right? So not not too not not too far off the distant future, basically. Four hundred out of four, and then five hundred out of six, right? So just just in the sheer numbers, I mean, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And uh, yeah, I've kind of the same way. I thought, well, you know, that's not a muscle car. It's a V six, you know, or or it's an inline six or whatever it is. That's just you know, it's only six cylinders. It's and uh, dude. I don't know. That's you start throwing that much ponies in it, <laughs> right? That's a muscle car to me. I mean, and let's even let's see. So, what was uh, let's let's look up a let's see what do, what do we look at? 1968 uh, Charger, yeah. Let's look up some classics and just kind of do a little bit of comparison. Now, great, okay. We got to do things with a grain of salt. We're looking at factory specs, right? Or at least trying to. Um, you know, we're not talking about ones that people mod for drag racing or whatever. We're well aware of the fact that they take these things and can get like, you know, several hundred to a thousand or more horsepower. That's with a lot of work. We're talking basically out of the box. So the base engine was a 5.2 liter V8 and it got 230 horses. Isn't that crazy? There was a 290 horsepower or a 330 horsepower version of the 6.2 liter engine also. my The Challenger that I had was a 3.6 liter engine, V6, and it was 305 out of the box. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So, you know... Just the fact and the fact that they can refine it down even further to a four. Now, granted, mine was naturally aspirated. So right. there's a difference between a naturally aspirated engine getting 300 plus horsepower at a four cylinder with a turbo. But still, just the fact that you can cram that down into a four cylinder, yeah, still get that. And with the turbo, you're getting more torque. Yeah. It's so. You know, where's the show me the downside besides the, you know, the purity of it. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. And that was funny. You uh, you kind of sparked my my interest in looking at this. My dad, at a time, had and he always one of the cars he always brings up. That's why it sticks in my head. He had a '63 Plymouth Sport Fury, which is a pretty cool looking car. You know, it's um, you know typical, very you know common '60s style uh, with uh, the 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 very nice chrome details uh that those sort of things so certainly something to look up but uh v8 on that 230 horses <laughs> right and they had a cool name like the sport fury <laughs> right which is yeah that's a badass name um right. yeah it's just it's absolutely crazy where it's going and um and i i was so glad when you sent that to me because i know that there's a place for evs um and I know there's, you know, uh, geographic locations that would certainly 
benefit well, and I know Tesla's done well, and the other companies have done well in the in EV space. Um, I also know the other side of it too, where I see horror stories of people that have like the um, the, the the not the F one, but it's the the Lightning, the new one, and it's like yeah, and it's just like it for first of all, it has a horrendous price tag. It's over a hundred grand or whatever. Right. Um, and then just horror stories about like you know it's not holding a good charge and it's only going this many miles and you know it kind of takes that whole you know oh let's take the good old American road trip right out the window yeah so there there are some pain points I, we can't we can't hide that I mean this is the way it is right so whenever you sent that it's like cool like they're not completely redoing they're not completely doing away with it and not only that they're they're using the the technology to see how much they can possibly get out of it which is awesome right and and look let's let's put all the cards on the table so when does when do companies and corporations try and innovate to match what's the word i'm looking for here um oh like match uh like are you talking about like respect to, so when do they when do they typically work to make things better for the um, for the the fuck it why can't I think of words today like the uh, customer or the... yeah for the customer and like basically so like we've talked about this before I think with Jeeps right mm-hmm. so Jeeps for the longest time it's been the same fucking thing and it's just it's minor changes minor changes that they make because the vehicles are so popular. And people will pay out out the ass for them, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's no there's no initiative. There's no reason for them to try and change it. Why reinvent the wheel, right? Right. Right. So yes, I think it's a little heavy handed that the way the government has gone in and said, well, you know, all. All of your fleet has to reach such and such miles per gallon by this year. Right. But if the government didn't do that, there's no there's no reason for the companies to go and try and take these cars that are getting 10 miles to the gallon and innovate and create engines that are stronger and more efficient. Right. Right. So the innovation, you know, you could you could question the tactics. But at the end of the day, it still provides a benefit for the consumer because, look, gas isn't getting any cheaper. No. As much as it should be. And that's a whole other conversation. We can talk about the record profits that these fucking price gouging pieces of shit are bringing in. But. On the next. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, look, man. I Look, you want to see me fucking fired up. I, I, I could go. No, I think it's I think it's a fair it's a fair topic. We'll hit that one day. But, you yeah. know, go, go ahead, man. But no, but it's a it's a good it's good for the American people. It's good for, or it's good for everybody, not just the American people, because everybody's going to benefit from these changes, from these innovations, you know, and you want like people like you and I, who are, who are like, well, I'm hemming and hawing on getting an electric vehicle. I, I recognize the benefits, but I also see, like you said, the pain points, you know, I, especially if I, like, once I move, I do plan on driving back and forth right. to home a lot. And I, and I don't mean fucking Florida. <laughs> you out right now. I don't um, but I, you know, driving back and forth to, to go home to go see you guys, you know, and, and it's a lot of uh, that that would be taken up. A lot of that time would be taken up by charging it 
at EV stations. Yeah, and at least at least with the way the technology stands now. Now I, I've read articles about you know more efficient batteries and a lot shorter. And I mean, look, we've seen that with our cell phones, right? Right. I mean, think about your cell phone you know, ten years ago compared to it now, and how quick it charges and how long it lasts with all the extra bells and whistles. Right. Um, but the uh, I was kind of it's funny. I got thinking about it. Uh, at one time, I had a 2003 Impala, had a V6 3800 in it, and I just looked it up real quick. So I was curious. So on paper, that thing was 27 miles to the gallon on the highway, which was pretty good on paper. I remember at times, and again, I was back then. I wasn't as much of a baby with it as I is now. Um, I was a little harder on cars then, but I would routinely see 33 or 34 miles a gallon in that thing with a strong V6. So this stuff has been there for a while. And now granted, there are you get kind of take the other side of it too. A lot less bells and whistles, you know, 20 years ago compared yeah. to now. So once you start adding stuff, you know, you, you start taking away. I mean, that's that's let's not kid ourselves there. But I think it's awesome that they they're being innovative enough to with what they have to let's say, look, yeah, we get it. We have to have this many MPG based on whatever regulation, whatever. This needs to here or there. Whether that regulation was in place or not, the fact that they're that they're able to innovate to get to that point is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, because you know, without it, that would be my fear is that like, oh, they're gonna do away with you know combust you know combustion engines a lot quicker than I thought. I certainly don't want that, man. There's nothing quite like hearing the sound of a you know, even go go to your sixties muscle cars or even the some of the, the, the cars that we thought were awesome and they still are awesome, you know, and in, in from our heyday. I mean, just that sound. I'm not talking about the Hondas. <laughs> no, and let me let me point that out too. What my hope is that they properly tune the exhaust so that it doesn't sound like a fucking leaf blower. Like we like I'm sure they can, and I'm yeah. sure they will. But even if not, there there will be an aftermarket exhaust market. Some someone's gonna know, do something yeah. that'll make it the proper sound. Yeah, and, and so and I told my it was funny when I bought my truck, uh, which was uh, several years ago now. I'm just now getting to the point where it's paid off. Hallelujah. Um, I said, hey, I'm going to buy um, like basically the cheapest Tesla so I can run around with it here. And that'll be my 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 daily you know work car. But it's like, I don't want another car payment. Right. <laughs> so I, I kind of want to just ride my truck into the ground and we'll see what happens. Like I just, man, I... Uh, I, th I told him that for years. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, you know, I think I'll just wait. <laughs> Honestly, man. And, and there's so much innovation that's going to happen in the next 10 years. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about it for another 10 years. Yeah. Unless you could get like a really good deal on it. Yeah. Where you could get a really good deal on like a, I, I like the Fiskers. Dude, the, they're pretty uh, good for the ocean. Yeah. The, all oh, the ocean is gorgeous. Um, and they're supposed to be coming out with one called the pear or the scissors. Uh, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> yeah, you like that? Yeah, yeah, that was horrible. Sorry, in the corner. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so, all right. So now on the flip side, I want to get your reaction to this one. We're gonna. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna. I made your night good. Now I'm gonna ruin it. Oh man. Yeah. So. All the, right. Here you go. Let's so, see here. What What do you think I'm going to tell you? Um, well, you you kind of you kind of played your hand a little bit, but to, to 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 mystify the audience a little bit, I have no idea. Okay, so GM is 
putting the Camaro to bed, right? Which I knew. Yep. yep. Um, not so fast, my friend. Oh no, they're bringing it back as an EV. In, aren't the, they? Words, in the words of Lee Corso, <sighs> "Not so fast, my friend." Oh God. So not only is the rumor that they're bringing it back as an EV, it's going to be similar to how Dodge has spun the Ram into its own brand. And it's going to be, there's going to be the Camaro something crossover. Oh. Something else that, and and the crossover is going to be fully electric. And then there's going to be a hybrid Camaro like sports car. There's going to be, I believe, an ICE Camaro, but they're just, they're putting it to bed for like half a minute and then they're going to revive it as an entire like sub brand so basically uh, it's the new pontiac yeah so they're 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 trading off the name recognition which is exactly what we talked about on our last episode, uh, last episode. yeah one of our recent yeah, oh, gosh, yeah i don't like that you know and it well, quite frankly too like the camaro had a nice relaunch whenever it came back um and correct me if i'm wrong on this but then that kind of relaunched side by side to the transformers it did. It did. Yeah. That's where they they cut the official reveal. Right. Okay. I thought oh, so. I just I just don't want. I didn't want to misspeak because sometimes my timelines get a little off. Um, and I thought it was really really cool, like cool looking. And I still do. I, I think that generation up till now, basically, and they, look, even the ones from the the uh, the nineties weren't terrible. Right. Um, pretty neat looking, especially for the time. And the eighties, this debatable. I mean. Yeah. You know, you're an Italian from South Philly. I, I certainly know that that you're you're, you're yeah, rocking rock one of those. Day. Yeah, exactly. I my mean, rock the your members only jacket. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, look, it's hard to beat the classics. Yeah. Right. So you you start going back in time and, and looking at them through the '60s and so forth. It's awesome. You know, really, really sweet cars. So to me, whenever you you you're pulling the the name off for a sub brand, as you said, I mean that's. It's almost disrespectful to what you're what you built historically, you know. It sucks. I don't like it. Yeah. But I get it though from a business perspective because if you're going to spin something, you might as well use something that's recognizable. Right. You know, because let's just say like, oh, let's do the I don't know the I'm trying to like figure out a name and I can't like the Chevy Bell or whatever. We're just going to have a a Bell. I don't know why I said that, but. Listen, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just happy they didn't do it with the fucking Corvette. Mm. Can you imagine a Corvette crossover? Oh, oh, don't let don't don't even speak that no existence. Let's not even to go there. Just got douche chills down my spine about that one. And speaking of which, have you gotten the chance to like look at any of those, like with the hood up, which is not really the hood; it's the back, but nah. yeah, the, the mid-engine ones. Uh-uh. They are some of the coolest looking cars on the inside I've ever seen. Yeah, it's done right on the inside. It's really cool with the mid engine. You've got the uh, you've got the frunk. You know, um, it's it's just awesome. And they the stylings are cool. It looks um, they just look legit. Like it everything's done right. Uh, I've gotten to see a couple of them up close, and uh, yeah, I man, if if money was no object, I'd be driving one of those every day. Uh, they're so cool because it's like right up my alley, um, but I don't have a hundred and whatever thousand dollars to blow on a Corvette. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Pipe dream. 
uh, for another day. Well, although I could sell the house. You could sell the house. I mean, we'll live in the Corvette. <laughs> well, no, no, no. You, you can buy two cars with what you get from the house. You buy that, and then you buy a Pontiac Aztec. Oh, there you go. With the tent built in, right? That's right. That's, dude. You and buy, we, you can buy that and two Pontiac Aztecs and back them up together. Oh, man. That's called like the Pontiac Aztec double wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what, you know what's bizarre, too, is if you've listened to us long enough, which somebody has had to at some point. Yeah. It's like, wow, these guys talked about this like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody has to has to put two and two together on that one. I know there's some some deranged person. I mean, maybe that's the noise I heard outside my window last night. Is Talk that about the Pontiac Aztec? Yeah. <laughs> there's some deranged Pontiac Aztec fucking message board. And they're like, hey, did you guys hear this? Po this podcast was talking about the Pontiac Aztec, and they didn't completely shit on it. <laughs> Dude, you know what's funny? Um, you say that I know because you know as well as I do. There are freaking message boards still out there for everything. Oh yeah. And so I do it for, like for my truck, which is it's nothing fancy. You know, it's it's several years old now. But if I'm looking up something specific, and like, oh yeah, I'm having a similar problem. And these people they really get into it. And it's like, look, I don't care about the seam busting out from part of your seat because it has four hundred eighty-five thousand miles on it. And I'm I'm glad you let, let it, it finally made it that long. I don't care. Like they, they talk about the strangest things, you know. But it's uh, it is. You're right though. It's bizarre because you do have like these weird followings yeah. on things that you like the Aztec. Like you shouldn't have a following of that at all, dude. You know how many how many groups there are about the Honda Element? You're probably yeah. And you're. I mean, look here. Let's not equate the two. The Element's at least something. Yeah, the Element could be. <laughs> The element yeah. could be a serviceable vehicle, but I, like I, but I've seen that. You know, obviously, we've my struggles with vehicles the past few years have been well documented on this podcast. Uh, but I've been I've been looking around because I'm thinking I might be getting closer and closer to uh, purchasing a vehicle, and so I've been looking at a couple different ones that uh, that I might buy into, and looking for the groups online to see, hey, what what are common issues with these vehicles? So I know, and like what years to avoid and such. Um, like I've, as much as I swore off Nissan, uh, aside from Maximas, I I did, I found a pretty inexpensive Juke. And yeah, the Nissan's actually a pretty, you know, they're pretty reasonable still. Um, you know, because I've, I remember looking around like when we were looking for an SUV, and I can't tell you how many times like we would look at you know, pathfinders or something that was readily available because the price point was de decent, you know, for what we were looking at at the time. And I almost went down that road, you know, yeah. I mean, it was certainly like, man, because I'm, dude, I, I remember having a couple friends that had Maximas. I thought they were awesome. Yeah. Oh no, I love the Maxima. I had an Altima. The Altima was good, but it started to, I had some issues with it. I took it to the local dealership and I hate the local dealerships here for Nissan. So mm -hmm. that's part of the reason. Another, yeah, that. another problem, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, that would be, if I move, would be the only way that I would get a Nissan. Um, right. But I also was looking at Minis, and Minis, because I, I was concerned, you know, oh, it's a Mini, it's a, it's a, essentially a baby BMW, it'll be expensive to fix, the parts will be hard to get, hard hard to, to replace and everything. And actually, the, 
the parts for the minis because they don't change their engines very right. well. They don't change how they engineer any of that stuff. So as long as you get one that's not like the very first generation, you're eight, you're like readily able to get parts. And yeah, you might have to take the front bumper off the car to do it, but once you get the front bumper off, it's fairly simple to do any kind of maintenance you need to do to it. The um, I and I won't say who just for sake of uh, our pod here, just uh, out of anonymity, but I do know somebody that had a, I believe it was 2006 uh, Mini, but they had some exhaust issues, and part of the problem was like because of how small everything was. They had to get something custom done and he was freaking out because it was like you know this is gonna be pricey but we found a shop um you know in town close by and the guy's like oh yeah i'll do that 75 bucks i was like wait what <laughs> yeah and, it, and it's like that's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah and that's the thing too like if you know anybody that can fabricate stuff you're golden because a lot of the stuff like it's not necessarily very it's not complicated you know it's right. not like a beamer like your typical beamer and, and all that stuff like if you if you know what you're doing you can do it fairly cheaply and the uh the way i was looking at it is and part of the reason i was thinking about it was i was looking at that that uh manual one that i had sent you so i'm like man right that is, right that is pretty sweet but i just don't know if i want to make that jump again and go go back to the land of manual with all my uh health issues lately yeah no no it's um no and it's 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 kind of funny you say that too i did i was uh where i'd seen the up close corvettes i'd gone to a car show recently they actually had a couple of old volkswagen bugs for sale hmm. you know um i believe one was a 67 all original uh of course manual you know it's right. not like and that was uh they were like 20 grand you know it was it was, it was interesting to see where they were at now price wise because i didn't really know and didn't really care to be honest you know but it's neat to see but it was cool to see like all these old cars that were uh manual transmission and it's like that's it's kind of like one of those things that's really fallen by the wayside yeah so i mean i i'm off the top of your head and i mean and i'm not, we're not talking about we're talking about basically your your everyday drivers and, and maybe pickup trucks and stuff. I don't know of anything now that's really made manual too common to you. I believe the Challenger. Um, Volkswagen still come. I believe the Jetta and the Passat still come uh, manual. But I think it's more your Mustangs your challengers and chargers mm -hmm. again those two those two volkswagens and uh maybe some kias yeah kias, yeah and, and 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 i'm not gonna lie I, I do my homework on that part of it i was i think it was more of a, a conversation that maybe we've brought up through text or we've had over over time jeeps oh right. that's right that's right Actually, and it's it's funny. I'm glad you said Jeeps because uh, I looked up. I was curious. What do you think a uh, uh, baseline Jeep Wrangler two door is these days? Uh, it's going to be thirty nine nine. Not quite that bad. Uh, thirty grand. Thirty grand. Okay. But again, that's baseline. So I mean, that that comes with it comes with wheels. Right. 
The um, uh, oh, the new Ford Bronco comes in manual as well. Oh, uh, one other thing too. I was and again, we're staying, since we're staying on vehicles. I saw something that I had never seen before in the flesh. Now, granted, this was on a Kubota like lawnmower, mm -hmm. Michelin. Um, no, nowhere. Like oh, the, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. I was. I actually put my hands inside because and the, the guy was kind of looking at me, and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. He was like, uh, okay. <laughs> no, that's those are cool. Like, I'm I'm excited about their proliferation. I don't the so here's here's my question on it. And granted, it works great for tractors and mowers and such. When you get to something like a like an EV, and this is one of the this is one of the things that they've got to work out with EVs too before it becomes more, you know palatable for the for the daily you know the normal person habit evs eat tires right because right. of the added weight how would the have they made those yet that can be used with evs mm. that's a good question i don't know because that's something because of the construction it's going to hold the weight for your car but your car is so much lighter than an ev so while we're making yeah, I guess they have. I, they I just have pulled, I just did a quick search, and I guess they have put them on. Uh, yeah, future Tesla Model Three may run on Michelin, the the No Air. I don't know what they're called, the airless tires. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, I I just thought that was so cool just to see it on anything really, because yeah. I've never seen them in the public. No, I haven't either. I've seen them in in articles and stuff like that. I've seen them online, but I've never actually seen them in person. So and, 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 you know, it's funny you say the weight thing, too. You know, I've, I've got a small travel trailer, but it weighs um, loaded, you know, close to 5,000 pounds. So it's got some weight to it. And the trailer that I have has a common issue of blowouts, like bad blowouts, like insurance company has to get involved blowouts. Um Main, and, and there's, you know, we can argue back and forth on talking about forums. I've seen some of the dumbest things ever posted on this, but it's like, like keep it properly inflated, um, you know, have your, you know, weight distributed properly, you know, all that stuff. That's just common sense. But these tires that are on there do have the tendency to blow. I've seen plenty of pictures and I firmly believe some of these people have said, oh, I did have them properly inflated and they weren't and all this stuff. And I wasn't over going over 65 miles an hour, you know, that sort of thing. When does it come time to do an airless on something like that, where it's a common problem? Like, oh, dude, yeah. Cars don't really have that problem. I've never just randomly seen car tires just blow out, unless it was just like was running on belts, you know. So now I will say that uh, it was either Stephanie or Ryan. One of them did have that. Really? Yeah. Was it was it like this defect or? Yeah, it was a defective tire. Wow. Huh. And it blew out. I want to say on one of the bridges down here too. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Wow. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's uncommon though. It's not like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a semi, you know, where those right. blow out, out all the time, but yeah, no, you're right. I, it's very, it is very uncommon for, for just a random, you know, a, a random intact tire to just blow, you know, mm -hmm. um, it, normally it is a defect. It's, it's either defective or not cared for or, worn out like you said on belts you know like there's something wrong with structurally wrong with it to begin with and then it blows out right yeah yeah no and i mean i think that's like uh 
just one of those things that's uh, almost like just unfortunate, you know. Um, but the, yeah, no, it's uh, it's cool. It's cool to see that, and I just wonder, you know, different applications, you know, with going forward with that. But you're right. I mean, EVs do have added weight, and so there there could be some issues there moving forward. Who knows? Um, but uh, I don't know. Before we before we leave the car space, do you got anything else you want to chime in with cars? And we want to. We want to. We do want to chat a little wrestling here before we sign off. I'm trying to remember. There was something, but oh well. All right. So tangentially related to cars, have you seen the trailer for the the Gran Turismo movie? No, I've read a little bit about it though, and I'm a, you know I'm a big Gran Turismo fan, so I haven't watched the trailer yet though. What's what's your take on it? So I I'm the opposite. I am not a Gran Turismo fan. Like I liked it when it first came out, and I played Gran Turismo too, um, but. By and large, I you know I don't really much care for the series, but the movie looks good, and I'm very surprised because I really thought this was gonna be one of those movies. I was be like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. But the cast looks good. It's got David Harbor from Stranger Things and, and mm-hmm. Black Widow, um, and Hellboy. He was an awesome right. Hellboy, right? Um, but and it actually looks really good. And apparently, it's based on a true story, which I did not know. So they apparently used Gran Turismo to help find a new Indy driver. Really? Yeah. And they actually competed in a race. Now, I don't know anything beyond that. Like, I don't know if how they did. I don't know any. Like, I, I literally have not looked any of it up because I don't want to have it spoiled in case I do see the movie. Um, but it looks good. Like, I'll, I'll definitely look for it when it comes streaming. And, you know, I may end up in the theater to watch it, but I don't really get to the theater that often now. Um, but that might be, you know, that might be one to go see. So Cool. Yeah, no. I, uh, I bought the latest Gran Turismo for the place. Well, I'll say I got it as a gift um, for the PlayStation 5. Um, look, the game is gorgeous. There's no denying it. It is absolutely beautiful. But it is just the, as the series goes. It's a it's a it's a racing. It's an auto simulator. So, um, it's uh, it basically is a can. And, and you know, we've not really ever talked too much about Gran Turismo on this. Um, but it's 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 almost down to the point where it's like Microsoft Flight Simulator. So you really have to be into that. And I love the Gran Turismo games. I just didn't find myself playing the new one as much because I kind of got out of that. Right. Um, loved it. It's so pretty. I mean, probably the nicest game I've seen yet. I mean, it just it's that gorgeous. The cars look realistic. I mean, everything looks realistic. But it's just like I'm racing on a track. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. And that's kind of where it lost it. Like I need a more arcadey type. Right. I need something else going on. And that, I think that's just, you know, part you know it's it's human nature at this point it's like hey yeah you know can i just throw a little missile on this thing (laughs) i think the last the last like racing sim like that that i liked was forza for the 360 Mm -hmm. Um, was really fun but you know i'm not i like the sega gt sega gt game that came out for dreamcast and sega gt2 for the for the original xbox um but you know grand turismo has never really been Aside from the first two, it was never really. Yeah, good. yeah, exactly. And that's I, the, the second one's what really sold me. Because uh, I remember talking to a friend of mine, and it's like, yeah, you know, it was so cool. Like, you can buy used cars in the game. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah, no. And I'm like, 
okay and showed me and i was like dude this is awesome and then they they kind of went away from that a little bit and then they just add all these cars you can still buy them used if you will i guess or whatever right but, but now it's like everything now and the new one's all showcase and there's a classic one and it's you know it's so cool and you can unlock different cars like you always could from from racing and stuff but um and it, i think this one too kind of had a much bigger online space which i was not part of so right you know that, that kind of that that fell by the wayside for me oh and you know what let me while i'm thinking about it i've been listening back to our episodes and the last episode where we talked about cars I said that the successor to the Neon was the SXT. No, that's the trim line. It was the SRT4. Oh, the okay. The one that okay. bridged the gap between the Neon and the uh, the Dart was the SRT4. And it was it was essentially just a badged, a rebadged version of a Neon. Right, that right, was more right. performance-oriented. But I wanted to correct that because it drives me nuts when I listen to other podcasts. And I know that what they're saying is fucked up. It's like, no, it's not that. It's this. And they never correct themselves, so I wanted to correct myself. For, we uh, we strive to get things right here. That's yeah. uh, we we uh, you know. No, I, it's funny. You know, I think before we dive into wrestling, before the, before we close out, um, I do this. I do that whenever I have to do some post edits and stuff. I'll listen. I'm like, oh gosh, that wasn't right at all. It's always me, like because I always know <laughs> you always hear yourself saying it wrong. It's like, eh, screw it. I'll leave it in. <laughs> Um, you, should, you should start breaking in and being like, hey, Tom here. Bobby didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. It's actually this. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Uh, we, uh, we, we're going to get in at some point. We are, we're going to do deeper dive into the recent AEW big pay-per-view at Wembley um, all in. Um, Richie's kind of our, our, our AEW expert, I guess. Um, he follows the product um, a lot more than me, and I'm and, and, Probably more than you, um, mainly because he's always he, trying to get pictures of Sky Blue's ass. Yeah, exactly. So, but now we'll we'll get some information from him on it. Um, I don't know for any just you know little tidbits though. Do you have anything on All In that just happened here in the last few days? Other than yes, I see your your shirt there, Mister One uh, Charles Montgomery Punk won the uh, real world or retained the real world title against uh, Samoa Joe. Um, the the storyline there we'll see what happens because there was some more backstreet backstage fraca between he and jungle jackass perry um you know over real glass versus sugar glass and we talked about that yeah but that turned into a thing and then um i mean but the these i don't want to say the second best storyline in wrestling because i don't want to denigrate it because it's it's been really good and it's really it's not fair to really put the two up against each other. I would say the the other best storyline that's been going on in wrestling this year, the the MJF and uh Adam Cole bromance. Yeah, I know Richie's uh, been been a big fan of that and I I uh I know a lot more of Adam Cole than I do MJF and uh but I I I I've watched enough MJF promos uh to you know obviously look the guy is special i mean my goodness so and i just I really look forward to like future programs just to see because i really think that guy could work a program with a cardboard box oh, yeah. and and make it something special oh yeah he could put over anything i mean and that's the thing like dude that program has been so good they did it so well at the at in wembley because they had ring of honors pay-per-view 
and then they had or zero hour or whatever it was called before where no that's right it was zero hour so they def- they won the ring of honor tag team championships from Aussie open on the the pre-show the zero hour pre-show then they had their match for the the uh triple b the big burberry belt which is the aew world champion right championship and it was teased all throughout there were so many so many opportunities for them to turn on each other and and they didn't and that was the coolest thing because for his entire run mdf has just been a scumbag and they've done character development on him and he explained why he's been a scumbag and how he grew up as the only little jewish kid in his school and how people used to throw nickels at him and say dance jew boy dance and people treated him so fucking horribly and the thing is he plays his role so fucking well you don't know where kfab where kfab begins and ends right right and maybe this is all horse shit but it was enough to get people to get me to i've been a fan of his work Sometimes I thought he took it a little too far with playing into the heel persona, and I and it's kind of hard to tell where he ends and and MJF begins. Right, right. Which is like the stories he told were horrible. If these actually happened to him, the fact that he had to grow up like this and be treated like this was fucking heartbreaking, man. To picture a little kid, you know, I picture Peyton having to go through this shit. Right. And, and, that, and that's the part is like to get your heartstrings tugged, you know. Right. And he's done so fucking well with it. But he's actually got people cheering for him in in a legitimate way, not like as a tweener, not as like a heel that that people just love to cheer, like as a legit baby face. And Roderick Roderick Strong has been coming down and trying to say uh, to to Adam Cole, don't trust him. He's going to turn on you. Don't do it here. And like so he comes down to the ring and throws Adam Cole a chair. And Adam Cole won't do it. He picks it up and he thinks about it. And then he won't do it. And he throws it down. So then somehow or another, so Roderick Strong gets pissed off and leaves. They do the the famous Eddie Guerrero thing where they both they throw the chair back and forth, and then they because the not the ref was knocked out, and then they both fall. <laughs> and so, you know, but there was all these different opportunities. He could have used the ring. MJF could have used the ring and he didn't use the ring. There was the chair. There was all different opportunities and it was a clean match. MJF retains and they're still together as, as tag team as friends. And it's been legitimately fun to watch. Yeah, no, it's cool that you mentioned the Guerrero chair toss. I was actually just talking about this uh, with my buddy, Eric, um, who uh, I I just went to a wrestling show with and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, he's a big Eddie fan. Uh, who isn't? But uh, <laughs> but that's one of his favorites, and he was like, "Yeah, th- th- just to watch." He's like, "Watch that clip. I hadn't seen it yet." And uh, you you ba- basically explained the way he did. He's like, "It's just so awesome doing the uh, the Eddie chair toss back and forth. It's just it's so good." And uh, no, it, I uh, I need to check that out because I just I, I I love when wrestling becomes that because it just makes it that much more entertaining. Um, but now I uh, I had the opportunity. Um, I went to a house show recently here for the WWE. I hadn't been to a wrestling show in a long time. Um, 
and uh, it, I was, you know, a little little skeptical. I didn't know how this was gonna gonna go. I didn't know if this crowd was gonna be soft, and I didn't know, I didn't know if people were gonna be there. You know, is this gonna be whatever? But um, no, it was cool. The card was solid. You know, I got to see you know Rollins and Balor and Kevin Owens and Sammy, and you know all my you know favorites of the the the, the, the WWE current era really. Um, maybe not all of them, but a, a, a good a good lot of them. And uh, it was cool. It was a strong card for a house show. Um, even got to see table busted, you know, I mean, uh, which is kind of unusual, I think, these days. Um, but no, it was it was really, really cool. Had a had a great time. Um, you know, I, I, I it was doing a little research. And I was curious to see, like, how many people were in attendance. And it, it had gone up. You know, the, the arena itself holds quite a few thousand people um but it's it's basically it's roped off or however they present it for wrestling because of the entrance way so you're automatically losing a bunch of seating anyway so where you have an arena that holds seven thousand people might only realistically hold like four or five thousand for wrestling and that's mainly not because like oh they're trying to cover up seats or whatever no they have to have like areas where you have your rampway walking up in your stage and all that and if you actually have seats in places that are kind of corded off you can't see anything. So there's a reason for that. Right. Um, so I think this place was designed for about 4,000 wrestling fans. And the last time they had a show there was June of 22. Again, granted, you know, different times, people, you know, still kind of coming out of the the, um, the the COVID hibernation, if you will. So it might have been, you know, down because of that. But it was uh, 2,600 was, was the, the, the draw. This one was 1,000 more than that. And it was it was awesome to see, you know, that that and apparently like doing some research, going back and forth on not only just WWE but also AEW. These houses are good, and I think it's a good thing going forward. Um, I'm not saying that wrestling's like uber popular again. I'm just saying that people are going to shows, right? And and that's ultimately good for the product. Um, so, and that doesn't yeah. matter which which company. You know, if you're a diehard of one company and you hate the other, and vice versa doesn't it doesn't mean it's good for this company or it's good no it's good for the industry as a whole because when the a rising tide raises all ships in this situation you know interest in wrestling is good period yeah that's yeah no no you're 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 100 on and I, and I had sorry i, I should have cut it there but now i have to interject with this um tyler who's been on our show before actually went to an impact um oh show about a year ago and he said it had a crazy, like basically Iron Man match, and it was just awesome. One of the best matches he'd ever seen live. And uh, he's like, "Yeah, you need to check this out." And it was Josh Alexander and somebody, and I just can't remember off the top of my head. But um, and it's like basically you're talking about like I hate to say this, they're not third rate guys, but they're guys that, that are not household names, right? You know, but they're still putting on quality. They're still drawing an audience, and they're making it exciting. Like that's fun. Like, yeah. and that's, that's, that's what it should be. Right. And, you know, before we, before we wrap it up here, I just want to say that, um, again, you know, we did our, our tribute to, to Bray, uh, Wyndham Rotunda in our last episode. Um, one of the things I thought was really cool was across every company this weekend, there were, there were tributes, um, not just from the company, them, the companies themselves, but from the individual wrestlers, uh, one of the coolest being House of Black came out and put a lantern down. And I did. Then, I did see that. Yeah. 
And so there was there was a lot of cool stuff like that. Um, but there was some cool some cool uh, tributes at at your show as well. Yeah, it kind of went viral. Um, Seth Rollins basically broke down crying, and uh, said that you know the fans are basically his therapists, and uh, it was it was touching, man. It was hard to see. It was hard to watch. You know, he's he was legitimately broken, basically. Um, but you know, like any true professional, you know, plowed through it, and uh, yeah, it was cool. I, I think even the WWE posted it, which I don't think they post too many things from house shows. No. So, and it was cool, and it was it was an intimate audience. Like I said, you're talking 3,600 people. So, um, it was it was cool to witness. Yeah, and then last night uh, on Raw, they um, they actually he actually put the fiends plate on his belt. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, so he has the Fiend's uh, nameplate on his belt on the one side. That's cool. That's cool. And seeing that, that. Yeah. I thought that was really classy. That's awesome. And well, I've talked a lot of shit on Seth on this show, but, you know, he's 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 lost a friend. He lost a friend. As much as we lost a part of our lives, this was an even greater part of his life and, and all of the, the men and women who were in wwe and some who were in aew and knew him and loved him and it was a fitting tribute and uh you know i think it's safe to say that everyone uh did right by bray this weekend 